I hope you are ready for another exciting edition of your favorite sports show. Halftime is over, and it's time for the third quarter podcast. What's going on, everyone? I just wanted to take a special time out before we start the show and wish everyone, all my listeners out there, a happy Black History Month. Wanted to send a special shout out to all the educators and historians that continue to share the story of the African-American race. We appreciate y'all and make sure we live it up this month. We are five days away from one of the biggest sporting events of the year. Super Bowl 57 will be a game for the ages. I'm excited to see a competitive game for this year's Super Bowl. We've seen in the past where, you know, games aren't as competitive. It's not the best game of the year. But this year, I truly believe we have the best game of the year. The number one seeded Eagles versus the number one seeded Kansas City Chiefs. And there are a couple of storylines that go along with this week's game as well. You have the Kelsey brothers battling it out for the Vince Lombardi trophy. It will be the first time two black quarterbacks go head to head in the Super Bowl. Shout out to Black History Month as well, as you guys already know. And Andy Reid will be coaching against his former team in the Philadelphia Eagles. There's just so much to cover. It's a lot. It's like a kid in the candy candy shop. They got lollipops everywhere, Jolly Ranchers, nerds. I'm a big nerds guy. It's just it's just so much, so much. So I wanted to go back to the original reason why we're here. Why are we here, guys? We're here to decide who is the best team in the NFL this season. And, I mean, it's going to be clear this weekend. We have the Kansas City Chiefs, like I said, the number one seed of the AFC, Philadelphia Eagles, number one seed of the NFC. And when we break down the stats to both games, I mean, it's, it, it gets kind of close when you look at it on an offensive level. Both teams rank in the top 10 in offensive yards. Kansas City was first with 7,032 yards in the regular season. Philly was second with 6,614 yards. Both teams rank in the top five in points per game. You got Kansas City. points per game. That's a lot of points to be scored. But then you got Philly right behind them. Don't look too far. 28.1. They're third in the NFL. And then lastly, both teams rank in the top 10 in passing yards. So Jalen Hurts, they were coming at him a lot, saying he can't throw the ball and stuff like that. He can't complete passes. He finished the season ninth in passing yards, 4,105. And of course, Patrick Mahomes finished the season ranked first in passing yards. So What does that mean? It means we can expect offenses to light it up. It means we can expect points to be put on the board to some capacity. Now, I mean, the second half of putting points on the board is having a defense that allows points to go up on the board. And Kansas City's defense hasn't really been convincing this year. Um, But on the flip side, Philadelphia's defense has. They ranked fourth in rushing yards. Um, allowed during the regular season, 2,509, ranked second in yards per game allowed, 301, ranked eighth in points allowed per game, 20.2, and they ranked third in turnover differential, plus eight. And I know that's, you know, a lot of people overlook that turnover stat, but the Chiefs are minus three. And we praise the Chiefs on being an offensive team, but to be honest, 
if you have a negative three turnover dis- differential, excuse me, that either says, hey, your defense isn't creating turnovers or your offense is giving the ball up too much. And we know Patrick Mahomes has had an MVP-like season. So that the defense is really that suspect to bring that stat to where it's at, negative three. So, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, the headlines and who has the best headlines and stuff like that, um, that's a different aspect of the game. But when it comes down to who's going to win Super Bowl 57, I think you'll be foolish not to go with the Philadelphia Eagles, especially if you live in the tri-state area. That's almost like treason to some people. But you got to go with Philly, man. They got the better defense. Um, Jalen Hurts um, hasn't been able to prove himself in the big stage yet, and he's been answering the call all season. The offense looks well, and it's not like they have to play perfect, perfect ball. They have to play close to perfect because they're in the big dance, but you're going against a vulnerable Kansas City defense? Come on. Like, let's be honest. I would, I would even go to say this. Patrick Mahomes probably will lose more sleep this week than Jalen Hurts will when it comes to preparing against the opposing defense. The big moment for Jalen Hurts this week, the big obstacle he has to face is just overcoming the moment. And, I mean, let's look at his resume. I think he's done that multiple times, whether you look at collegially, um, whether you look at NFL being benched. I mean, he's done that all season. So that's where my money is going, man. You can check out the article that will be coming out later this week on NFL Spin Zone. You can find me on Twitter at Loyal, L-O-Y-A-L, J, Ricks, R-I-C-K-S, Jr. Let me spell that one more time. L-O-Y-A-L, J, Ricks, Jr. And you can follow us on Instagram at Third Quarter Pod, T-H-U-U-R-D-Q-T-R-P-O-D. So you could definitely follow us on there. My prediction, the game's going to be probably in... Eh, 34-20, Philadelphia Eagles win, and the tri-state area goes crazy. Check it out. News concerning the Green Bay Packers starting quarterback continues to consume headlines as we approach Super Bowl Sunday. Conversations of his relocation surfaced on the green this weekend when Aaron Rodgers appeared in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Fans at the event were not shy about giving their opinion towards number 12's relocation. The Las Vegas Raiders were among a couple teams who were screamed out throughout the crowd throughout the weekend, leading to speculation today. Um, When Devontae Adams was asked about the topic, you know, do you want your old quarterback back? You think you can, you know be successful with him here have you been trying to recruit him all along his response was pretty truthful and uh surprising i mean not really surprising but it it, it was just it just surprised a lot of people and i'm gonna read it here he said a million percent a hundred percent that's exactly what i'm trying to portray when in regards to is he trying to bring aaron Rodgers to las vegas And that brings up a crazy conversation because I know if you tuned in to episode four, we discussed Aaron Rodgers going to the New York Jets and the possibilities about that, how their strong defense gave them the best chances to land Aaron Rodgers so that he could compete in another Super Bowl title. Now that we look at it a few weeks later, it's like, well, man, the Las Vegas Raiders, if they decide to make, you know, major uh, revamps to their roster, um, if Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers comes out and they fire on all cylinders, if Josh Jacobs comes out 
and continues to have a dominant showing that he had last year. If Darren Waller stays healthy this year, then of course the Las Vegas Raiders will become a playoff contender. They were only about two games out of the playoffs um, last year, last season that just passed. And the only reason I know that is because the Steelers had to prey on their downfall to even be considered um, playoff contenders. Um, so I definitely think the Raiders are in a good spot to land Aaron Rodgers. Will they land him? I'm not sure. Will it cost them? I'm pretty sure it will. But to say that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, if you look at the video, um, you guys got to look at the video. The reporter, when he asked Aaron Rodgers that Aaron Rodgers was smiling, entertaining the question like that's what he wanted to happen. Um, so in my book, you don't have really you don't have too many options on the table. You have the Jets and the Raiders really looking like the best possible outcomes you know, as far as becoming successful and, you know, continuing success in the career, because the Colts, the Titans, other teams just don't have it right now. They just don't have it. So I'm definitely going to be interested as far as to where Aaron Rodgers lands and, you know, where his relocation ends up being. If you guys want to stay tuned to the latest news on Aaron Rodgers, you can follow me on Twitter. You already have my name, but just in case you need it, it's Loyal J. Ricks Jr. on Twitter. And on Instagram, it's Third Quarter Pod, T H U U R D Q T R P O D. Um, you can check me out on NFLSpinZone.com. Search me by my first name, Loyal, and you can see my articles pertaining to the topic. I definitely think we're headed for an exciting offseason, and I'm interested to see where Aaron Rodgers ends up. The Brooklyn Nets are one of the biggest jokes in NBA franchise history. Let me re- let me repeat that. The Brooklyn Nets are one of the biggest jokes in NBA franchise history. Loyal, why do you say that? I don't know if you guys heard, but Kyrie Irving is now a member of the Dallas Mavericks. The Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving decided to get a divorce. Basically said it wasn't working out. I don't know if you guys remember when... Kevin Durant came over from Golden State, um, then Kyrie came over from Boston, and then James Harden came over from Houston, and they were supposed to have one of the biggest powerhouse threats that basketball has ever seen outside of, you know, of course, Golden State. Um, but look what we have now. Look what we have now. Everything is disbanded. You have James Harden with the Philadelphia 76ers trying to do his thing over there. You got... Um, Kevin Durant, who's unhappy where he is, he's trying to make things work, trying to put the pieces together left with Ben Simmons. And then now you have Kyrie Irving gone. Yep, the one of the best point guards in the NBA gone. And I mean, to some degree, the Nets are winning with this trade. They got a B minus, I believe I saw on NBA.com. Um, they received some key pieces in the trade. I know they got... Uh, a few picks. I think they got a first round and a second round. I know they, I believe, I believe they got Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I'm trying to pull it up now as, as we speak, as we speak. But the whole thing with that is just like what I said previously, they had the best roster in the league. You would think they was going to be the next NBA champions and they folded, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of ridiculous when you look at the position um, the Nets were sent in. Uh, were set up to be in. And um, just to confirm now, it looks like it was Spencer Dimwiddle 
Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first rounder and two second rounders. That's kind of crazy that we're talking about 2029 and 2023, but hey, that's what it was. And um, it's crazy. There were sources that said that the Brooklyn Nets received Los Angeles Lakers proposals um, that did include teams, two first round picks in 2027 and 2029 and Suns offer of Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. But Rumor is that the Brooklyn Nets did want to send Kyrie there because they knew he wanted to go there. I mean, the history with Kyrie and the Nets throughout the last two years hasn't been peaceful, hasn't been as fruitful. Kyrie has basically snubbed the organization out of games, um, out of a championship if he played more games. He's been ridiculed more by the media than um, for his thoughts and beliefs for more than uh, more than his play on the court. It just wasn't a good end for Kyrie and Brooklyn. So my question to you is this now. Kyrie's in a whole different place now. He's in the Bible Belt now. He's in Texas. And he's with Luka Doncic, who is similar to LeBron James in play style. So what can we expect from the Dallas Mavericks moving forward? What can we expect from the Dallas Mavericks moving forward? And to be honest... I don't really think it's going to be the final piece to the puzzle in reference to adding Kyrie to the roster. I definitely think Dallas has a few more pieces to uh, add to the roster before they're considered a championship caliber team. Um, Right now, they got Reggie Bullock, Josh Green, Tim Hardaway Jr., um, you know, Max Keebler. I'm not really saying any big names, if you notice. Jaden Hardy, uh, DeVel McGee, Markeith Morris. Like, they have an okay team. Christian Wood would be my biggest sleeper um, that could help Kyrie come on and do his thing. But when you look at it on paper, it's not jumping out to you. It's not nothing that, um, you know, you get worried about. They're 28 and 26 right now, second in the Southwest Division. And um, it's not like how it would have been if Kyrie would have went to the Lakers. Everything would have been shut down. AD would have been getting buckets. LeBron would have been getting buckets. And they would have been an instant finals favorite. But can you say they're a finals favorite? And, you know, Kyrie's a finals favorite with Dallas? I just don't think so. I don't think so. And, I mean, if we look at the current current standards of the NBA right now and where every team lines up, Dallas right now is a sixth seed in the Western Conference. Um, right above that play-in line with Minnesota, Golden State, the Pelicans, and the Jazz underneath it. So it's not even like they're up there with the Nuggets or the Grizzlies or the Kings. They're they're trying to stay afloat too. So I'm definitely interested to see the impact Kyrie Irving has in Dallas. Um, it should be pretty pretty exciting, and it should revitalize the city. But I don't think we can expect a one one year wonder. Um, he comes in, plays half of the season, and now the you know the Mavs are in finals contention i just don't see that happening but y'all let me know what y'all think please send y'all thoughts to third quarter podcast t-h-u-u-r-d-q-t-r-p-o-d and i would love to know what you guys uh what you guys think on this subject but yeah that's it's crazy to me The NFL coaching carousel continues to spin and spin and spin, but we're seeing that new coaches are finding new destinations. I'm not sure if you guys heard about the D'Amico Ryan's hire. 
He was the 49ers defensive coordinator. Um, he was hired in Houston. Um, he's now going to be the head coach for the Texans. He be, he beat out Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator for the Eagles, Mike Kafka, offensive coordinator for the Giants, and Sean Payton, who is now um, hired by the Broncos. Who Sean Payton looks like he has a, a lot of work to do over there in Denver with Russell Wilson. Um, but that should that should be cool. And then you also have teams like the Indianapolis Colts who are still looking for still looking for a head coach. As people know, they went with Jeff Saturday last year to fill in as the interim head coach. He had his second interview that was completed. Wink Martindale, Giants defensive coordinator, had his second interview. And Aaron Glenn, Lions defensive coordinator, had his second interview. Um, so there's a couple couple teams still out here looking to fill positions. Um, Billy, Billy O'Brien um, from the University of Alabama, he was the offensive coordinator. He was hired for the New England Patriots for a um, offensive coordinator position. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, as we mentioned earlier in the show, he was hired by the Jets um, for an offensive coordinator position. Um, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are still looking for an offensive coordinator. Um, they interviewed Ronald Curry, Jim Bob, Jim Bob Cooter, Keenan McCardell, Todd Munkin and Dan Pitcher so far, but they're still looking for that. Um, and then if you look, the Washington Commanders are still looking for an offensive coordinator. And, you know, they brought in Pat Shermer, you know, longtime NFL offensive coordinator to assist with that job. So it's getting pretty interesting. The carousel continues and continues to turn and turn and turn. Um, but my biggest takeaway from what we've seen so far has definitely been the D'Amico Ryan's hire from the Texans. I feel like if the Texans can make that turnaround, implement a defense mentality and use the energy from a former player who cares about this, you know, the city of Houston and who could really do damage. Um, as far as in the coaching world, we've seen it this year with the 49ers, one of the top ranked defenses in the league. I think Houston has what it needs to start to lift its head out of the shadows of the AFC. Um, They'll be in a good position with the draft. They're building up their coaching staff. They have tons and tons and tons and tons of questions to be answered about their roster. But at least they're getting the foundation straight. Um, And that's always a positive thing to see as a fan base. I know the Houston fans are probably excited. That way they're not the only team. Uh, They're not the Cowboys aren't the only team in, you know, in Texas getting recognition. Houston's coming for the crown. But make sure you keep following. Um, make sure you stay up to date with the coaching hirings on NFL.com. They do a great job of showing who has been hired, who's been interviewed, who's been fired in the whole full Monty. Um, make sure you go and check that out when you have a spare second. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Third Quarter Podcast, and we look forward to you tuning in in the future. You could definitely follow us on Instagram at T-H-U-U-R-D-Q-T-R-P-O-D, Third Quarter Pod, and you could follow my takes and my articles and my personal opinions at Loyal J. Ricks Jr. on Twitter. We look forward to speaking to you later on this week before the Super Bowl kicks off. If you want to be a member on the show or you want to be a guest on the show, please DM us, and we would love to have you on. Have a great rest of your week and continue to win the day.